0: The FT. You're listening to World Weekly, a conversation with Financial Times correspondents and commentators today about Greece and the Eurozone's latest rescue deal. I'm Mark Vanderveld, Executive Comment Editor at the FT. On Monday, Athens was given a long list of economic reforms and told that if it finished them by Wednesday, it might get the money it needs to stave off bankruptcy. But this agreement, if you can call it that, allows all sides to claim defeat – A humiliation for the Greeks, said Wolfgang Munchau in his column on Tuesday's paper. A capitulation by the Germans, wrote Gideon Rachman the same day. Well, Gideon's here in the studio. Wolfgang is on the phone. Let's see if we can figure out who lost. Gideon, this is in essence the same deal that Alexis Tsipras, the Greek prime minister, has been rejecting for weeks, isn't it?
1: Well, yes, it is. But on the other hand, he has just secured, if the deal goes through, another, a third bailout for Greece under onerous conditions. But I think although all the headlines in Greece and elsewhere said, uh, you know, this is terrible, awful things are being imposed upon the Greeks, I look at it more from the point of view of the people who are lending Greece money. This is archetypally said to be the Germans, but it's essentially the whole of the eurozone. This is now the third bailout for Greece. They already owe 320 billion euros. This is going to be another 85 billion euros, which is, to put in perspective, twice the annual GDP of, say, a country like Serbia, a neighbour of Greece. That's just one loan. And this is absolutely contrary to what the taxpayers of the Eurozone were told when they signed up. Or in some cases, Germany, they'd never got to vote on it. But when they were joined with the Euro, they were told don't worry, there is a no bailout clause. You will never have to pay for the profligacy of another country. That can't happen. Well, it's happened repeatedly. It's happened three times with Greece. It's happened with Ireland. It's happened with Spain. It's happened with Portugal. And there is actually no guarantee for all the attempts to write into these things that the Greeks will repay. I don't think anybody really believes they ever will. Plus, I don't think one can really believe that they're going to carry out these reforms. Because as you point out, Mr. Tsipras has pointed out that he doesn't agree with any of the stuff he's just signed up to. So I think it's a terrible deal for the eurozone lenders. Wolfgang, you describe this in your column as in tantamount to a toxic
0: fixed exchange rate system with a shared single currency run in the interests of Germany, and with a terrible threat hanging over anybody who decides that they want to challenge German interests. Yet, you hear Gideon tell it and you sort of feel pity for the Germans, don't you?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, this deal may well be a bad deal for Germany. And I do not necessarily disagree with Gideon here, because Germany's not going to get its money back. And the way this thing is working out is very likely to end up in a giant bust-up. I'm not even sure we have a deal. It could well be that this agreement falters. I would expect it to falter eventually for economic reasons. For reasons that Gideon has mentioned, I mean, it's too much debt, far too much debt. Greece will never repay this, but, you know, Greece will not implement the reform. So at each stage of this program, there is a threat of this program being discontinued and Greece having to default and exit the Eurozone. So I would think that a Greek exit of the Eurozone is now very likely to happen, and the whole thing will fall apart. Now, when you're talking about winners and losers of these deals, you know, this is economics, this isn't a football game. You know, you could have a situation where, you know, both of the parties are winners. This is a, you know, a positive sum game. It could equally be. And I think that's the situation where we're in, where both sides are losers. It's not really in the German interest. When I say it's in the interest of Germany, it's the way Merkel defines the German interest as something that secures her political life. I mean, as long as she doesn't have to realize those losses that have arisen in her landings to Greece, no one will question her policies. The minute Greece starts to default, it will be her cost. Is this in the German interest? No, it is not in the German interest. It's not in the German interest to run a counter account surplus of 8%, you know, running towards 10%. This is going to go bust. Germany will ultimately be the victim of this. By that time, Merkel will no longer be Chancellor.
0: Is there still a win-win deal to be done here? I mean, the Eurozone has seen a period of terrible economic turmoil for many of its members. It's brought EU institutions to a state of disharmony, which even by the standards of Brussels is quite unprecedented. Is there a way of drawing back
2: well, as I may ask this question, you know, we've been writing about the Eurozone crisis now for five years, and pretty much, you know, we've solved it every week in our columns. But, you know, the problem is that in real life politics, that's, it's not so easy. If you create a monetary union, this is the reason the British stayed out and very sensibly, because at no stage did Britain believe in ever-closer union, and the decision not to join the euro was consequential for that reason. But if you join a monetary union and then refuse to do the fiscal union, the political union, then you get into this kind of trouble. Now the only way to make this work is to create what everybody says is impossible to create, which is a political union, a fiscal union, transfer mechanisms, uh, you know, a banking union where the banks are resolved. The Greek crisis wouldn't be a Greek crisis if we had a banking union. If the banks were resolved at EU level, Greece would never have to leave the eurozone. It could default happily on its debt, and you know, the banks would be shielded from that. The Greek economy would be shielded from that you need this. But since this is politically not possible, we are in this dilemma, which is essentially unresolvable. And one of the reasons we are in this dilemma is because Germany says, for national reasons, for reasons of national interest, that a political union of that intensity is, you know, it's going to cost Germany, which it will, absolutely. And it's something that Germany doesn't want to contemplate at this stage.
0: Gideon, I wonder, setting aside the political difficulties in getting to that outcome, do you think there's anyone around who thinks that that's actually an
1: attractive end point now? Well I think I think Wolfgang does actually, don't you, Wolfgang? I mean basically you're a believer I in political do. union.
2: I, I do, and that's where we disagree. But you yeah. know, where we probably agree is that these two are linked.
1: I think that's right. And I think reading Wolfgang's column, although I think, you know, the casual reader might have thought that, well, Gideon and Wolfgang are disagreeing about economics, actually were disagreeing about politics. And, you know, reflecting, as he said, maybe I reflect my kind of background being brought up in Britain, where we were always very sceptical of political union. It's why we didn't join the euro. But then I must say that, you know, in my period in Brussels, when this whole thing was being launched, I was always sceptical that political union was a good idea, even for the countries of the eurozone, It's true that as a slogan, it's much more appealing to them. You know, you say that to a British person, they go, oh, I don't like the sound of that. You say that to a sort of German or French person or Italian, and they say, yeah, we're up for that. But I don't think that beyond that, they had thought through the consequences of what then became known as a transfer union in Germany, which is, you know, you will transfer lots and lots of money to weaker economies. Otherwise, this whole thing is going to start collapsing. Now, the Germans did that. With the reunification of Germany itself, because frankly, these were other Germans, it was a contiguous territory. And also they could run East Germany. Once it was one country, they could go in and say, Okay, this is how it's gonna be. But none of that applies within the Eurozone. So it's just a much tougher sell. You know, there's a language barriers and there's a governance barrier, because I think the Germans would assent to a political union if they could essentially go in and say, okay, this is how it's going to be, and these are the laws, and we're going to run it. But if they did that, they'd be accused of being colonialists or indeed Nazis, as is already happening. So it's a total lose-lose situation for them. They're not going to be able to enforce the rules that are very important to them, and therefore it's really not in their interest to agree to the fiscal union.
2: Wolfgang, have you got a
1: pitch to a sceptical Brit?
2: Well, the German position is not that they are interested in a political union, but A, the French are not, And even if the French were, it would be the wrong kind of political union, one which we know which would be run by, you know, others, not them. (laughs) So, you know, I would ultimately agree with Gideon's analysis that German unification worked because it was a political union. And East Germany fell under the German constitution. There was a joint legal system. And while it was expensive, there was a political process in place. But obviously, that cannot be replicated in the EU. There's no way we, you know, anyone can control the national policies of other EU member states and the political union would never be as fundamental. But if you accept the argument that a political union cannot be achieved, and I'm, you know, I'm beginning to accept it too, you know, seeing what we are seeing, then you have to conclude logically that the only monetary union that is sustainable is one that is built on economic conversion. So the only countries that can sustain a monetary union with Germany are those relatively small number of countries that are very, very similar to Germany, like Austria, Maybe the Netherlands, but the Netherlands too is changing. Maybe Belgium, maybe Finland, but Finland has a problem. We've seen that Finland has an economic shock from which it finds it very hard to recover. So you may find that this eurozone is going to be very, very small and you may find it's just going to be Germany and you know, maybe a handful of other countries.
0: Gideon, we have to compare the outcome that we get to with where we are now and we're at a point where we don't have a political union to match the partly done monetary union. And maybe no one wants that political union, but also maybe no one wants to undo the partial monetary union that we've got. We have to do one or the other. Is undoing the monetary union a
1: better option than completing a political union, even if no one really wants it? Well, I've reluctantly come to that conclusion. Well, I mean, I've sort of been all over the place on this. Initially, I thought the euro was a disaster. Of course, you should break it up then the more I thought about the practical consequences and the dangers of breaking it up, I began to sort of recoil from that prospect because it's highly complicated. It could cause depressions, financial collapses, that kind of thing, which obviously one wants to avoid. And to quote yet another FT economist, my colleague Martin Wolf, he said, the only idea worse than creating the euro is to break it up. However, I've now come back to the idea of breakup for the reasons Wolfgang and I've been discussing, that I think in the end, it's not sustainable. And so there's no point in attempting to prop up this collapsing house, it will collapse eventually. So I think we've got to try to get to a situation where we can think about doing this rationally and in a way that is managed that isn't through some sort of cataclysmic crisis overnight in a European Union summit in which we suddenly wake up and see a country's fallen out of the Eurozone. That really would be a horrible mess. And what do you think? How should that process more sensibly be run? Because, of course, the trouble is,
0: once you start, the markets will finish the job for you quite quickly. You can see why no one's wanted to venture that. And
1: this is where, uh, you know, I tiptoe quietly out of the room and say, call in the experts. I don't know. But it seems to me that just in general, you want to do it as calmly as possible. You want a, a statement. You want a timetable. You want a mechanism set out. Everything that might conceivably calm the markets. And I think that actually, although Wolfgang Schäuble, the German finance minister, was denounced as the bad guy at the last summit, the proposal that he revealed that was regarded as terribly shocking, which is Greece leaves the euro and they get debt relief, seems to me a reasonable quid pro quo and somewhere whether we might get there. So the Greeks get something, which is this hideous mountain of debt that they're drowning under or suffocating under gets reduced. But in return, the Germans and others get some sort of closure. Because I think what's horrifying for them is not just the loss of money, but also the idea that this is going to go on and on and on forever. So they've got to be told, OK, it's been a disaster. You've lost a lot of money, but that's it.
0: Wolfgang, was Schäuble along the right lines?
2: No, I don't agree. It was a clever proposal for him because, you know, he, by offering the Greeks debt relief, uh, he presupposes that they will repay the debt. I mean, the whole idea of them, you know, taking a time out for like five years is so they'll come back and repay their debt. Now, that is really the dumbest thing the Greeks could ever do. If they go to the trouble of leaving the eurozone, which is, you know, I would admit, very costly, could cause a big recession, they would be very silly to go back again. The thing then to do would be to default on all the debt, on all the official debt. So, you know, Schroeder just wants to get his money back. He doesn't want to do them a favor. And incidentally, you know, he and Varoufakis agree On one thing, Varoufakis, the former Greek finance minister, even though they disagreed on almost everything else, they agreed that a continuation of Greece's membership of the Eurozone, as we have it for now, that another program are a bad idea. Scholz just wants to get his money back, but they kind of both agree that Greece should really not be in the Eurozone anymore, not on the terms that Greece has survived by. All
0: right, we must leave it there. Gideon Rachman, Wolfgang Munchau, thank you very much. That's been World Weekly from the Financial Times. Until next week, goodbye.
1: For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.